Welcome, Under the Husk. It is April 13th, 2023. He is risen. I'm here with my co-host, Ginwa, in the studio on Thursday. It is 90 degrees, if you're listening in the East Coast, that is. Uh, And today we're going to do another mock. We are just about two weeks from the NFL draft. Things are getting real. Gin, take it away. Well, I only have one thing to say. And in about two weeks from now, we'll all be sitting down watching the NFL draft. My favorite day of the year, listening to this sweet, lovely sound. That's right, NFL draft. On the clock is the Carolina Panthers, but the corn mock, Iron Dome, is on the clock. Cannot wait to get into our, what, third iteration of the mock draft? Only do a one round? But it's a lots have changed since the last time we did this in early March. Yeah, depending on who you root for, <clears throat> Jets fans, uh, that noise could provide a little bit of PTSD uh, just based on past drafting experience. But, you know, this is a corn show, not an NFL show, so I'll lay off uh, the Jets today. You wanna, should we just get right in? Oh, well, we do have one bit of housekeeping to talk about. It wasn't really addressed, kind of flew under the radar, but... The buy-in increase passed with flying colors, so we will be increasing the buy-in to $200. Uh, That is what you will pay this year, but those winnings will not hit until 2025. So we're paying for the 2025 season for a $200 fee. Uh, And the next two years, the winner will still get that $125 prize or based on the buy-in of $125. But, you know, it's a good start, and I think by the time we're in our 40s, we could probably get this up to like 500 bucks. Definitely. Maybe that's ambitious, but I think we're all invested, in it, and uh, it, it makes this a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, before we go mock draft, there's been about eight transactions in the new league year, so happy to delve into them because our last show was March 11th, mm-hmm. and March 12th, the Phantoms obviously kicked us off with some drops to start the 2023 year. So he dropped two receivers, Terry McLaurin and Allen Robinson, both guys that I imagine would be higher valuable or more valuable guys in the vet draft. Uh, then the newly named, he's him club, dropped a slew of Hunter Henry, Justice Hill, Chris Moore. The Phantoms then dropped Chris Evans. The big drop come from Evil Stevie, Russell Wilson, who will be a gem in the vet draft, and then Motley Jew, Matt Breida, Zeke Elliott, Deion Jackson, and Marcus Galloway all getting the chopping block. But there was one trade, Dome. Take it away. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if I'm on the wrong uh, mm, page, it but it's, it's not updating my, uh, let's see. If you go to the URL and you see 2022, just put a uh, 2023 and it should take you. Nope. You know what it is? I was not logged in. Mm. Uh, anyway, you can break that trade down because i got to log in now. Sure. Snake Eyes gave away Malik Willis two boats in return for Matthew Stafford and a 2023 third-round draft pick. So right off the bat, we get a young, inexperienced Malik Willis who may or may not pan out for Tennessee. And then Snake Eyes is now receiving an old, battered, injured Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think from a quarterback perspective... It's somewhat of a wash because I think neither of these guys have many uh, or a lot of long-term value. However, the 2023 third-round pick going to Snake Eyes, 
that's the one who gets the win in my book. And I also think Matt Stafford has a better year in 2023 than Malik Willis. So I think Snake Eyes definitely won the trade. We talked about how his quarterback room outside of Kirk Kirk Cousins, very weak. Potential upgrade. We'll see for how long Matt Stafford there. But might just be a stopgate for one year. Stopgap for one year. Yeah, I don't... I I think Boats must have a different outlook on Malik because Stafford wasn't taking up any any cap. He was a dollar, um, and you know that that third round pick they they have a little bit of value to him. So uh, it, it might have been just like the classic case of. Uh, just two teams valuing a player differently. I, I think there's been a lot of chatter, actually, of, of the Titans going up and getting a guy like Anthony Richardson. So if that happens, you've you've almost drafted the same archetype of player, and that, to me, signals that Malik is done, and he's probably not long for this league. So we'll see what happens. Matt Stafford's probably got maybe two years left in the tank, mm-hmm. if that. Maybe, yeah. um, So it really, to me, comes down to, does that third-round pick uh, pan out? I will say, I, I could see Stafford having a QB1 season this year in fantasy, though. So. I think a bounce-back. QB1 fringe, but a bounce-back certainly from last year. Maybe yeah. not 2021. So interesting. Interesting for a team, like we said, who has the notable QB kind of void to fill, mm-hmm. um, giving up what is a starter. So we'll yep. see. We'll see. Maybe it was a big galaxy brain play that we don't know about. But yeah. um, Speaking, I, of, speaking of galaxy brains, why evil Stevie gave up on Russ Wilson when the only other quarterback on his roster that's starting is Tua? Not sure. Uh, Evil CB is He's still tanking. He is dedicated to the tank. He had to remind himself at 2023. What was Russ's contract? I think 54. Okay. So he would have been close to 60, if not 60. Uh, he'll, he'll surely be in on the bidding, I think, for him. Maybe he thinks he could get a discount. Potentially. Uh, I know that he's probably going to be one of the highest bid players as of now, um, just being a quarterback and being in a pretty good situation. But yeah, so far, eight transactions in 2023. A lot will happen. And then we're going to tease some future props for teams to make or miss the playoffs. The Nicholson Casino is coming out, but we'll do that next episode. Yeah, get your sniff bucks ready. (laughs) All right, let's jump into this mock. Iron Dome is on the clock. And, just, and I just want to point something out real quick so it's not a surprise to anyone. I don't think it should be. But the NFL draft is it begins on a Thursday. I believe that's the 27th. 7th. Um, when it ends, what is that? Is it Sunday that it ends? Uh, Saturday. When it ends, we will begin the slow rookie draft. The slow rookie draft, you have 12 hours to make a pick, uh, I hope that most people won't take it, but you know, things happen. You could maneuver trades, but all the picks just get entered into the group chat. It was really fun last year. Uh, I know in the first round, most teams took 15 minutes, uh, but having 12 hours does allow you to get some phone calls and, uh, and really start making moves. But as I said, that will begin as soon as the NFL draft begins. And I will be taking, we're mocking, but it's not a mock. Bijan Robinson. And I think the more and more I see the Cowboys make more and more sense. Zeke is gone. Uh, Tony Pollard's coming off that pretty brutal injury. Uh, I think they want a guy that can that can go right away and fit into this offense. So it makes a lot of sense. I've seen a lot of it. It really just comes down to does anyone pull the trigger on him earlier than that? 
Yep. Uh, I could definitely see the Cowboys taking him. I have the Cowboys taking him here, um, even though he played his high school ball in Arizona. He did play his college ball not too far from Arlington, Texas at UT. So I think Bijan makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys. It makes even more sense for Evil Steve, uh, for Iron Dome, considering that that running back room, suspect, I would say. Uh, so you get Bijan Robinson, a dynasty gem. I think that one's pretty locked in. Quick, quick question, though. How long do people have to draft? Is it full 24 hours? 12 hours. Full 12 hours. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I will say this, and, and take put yourself in my shoes because I've been thinking about this a lot. Is there any team that he could get drafted to where it would be enough to not take him? Mm, no. I, I was saying that the Patriots would be a fucking disaster. Mm, it wouldn't because then he would just be... But when have they ever had like a stud running back? Mm, Look at never. Blunt? <laughs> no, not a stud. No, but like he scored 20 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think that the Patriots are going to do that. I don't think they even go offense in the first round. They always go uh, defense in the first round. So I think they're going to draft one of these six first-round cornerback talents. Uh, there's a lot of good D-backs. Did they not draft Tyquan Mias Thornton in the first round last year? Uh, I th- was he first round? I think it was way off the board. Oh, I thought he was a second. But, yeah, no, I mean, that would be a miss. So I think what they, they do right, or they do well, I should say, is draft defensive backs and then mold those defensive backs. And there's about six DBs, uh, corners, I should say, in this draft who are all first-round talents. So I know that that has nothing really to do with corn, but look for Belichick and uh, Belichick's son to go after D-back this, round, this draft. So I, I don't think you should be worried about him going to the Patriots. And even if he is... It would just be uh, Bijan Heaven because he would get the ball 30 times a game. True. I guess you're right. Uh, second pick, Z Phantoms is on the clock. What do you think he's doing here? The more I think about it, the more I think that the JSN is smoke. I have him going Bryce Young. There's more reports that Bryce Young is going to the Panthers. I think Rappaport came out today, or Shefty came out today, and said he shouldn't even visit the Houston Texans. I think it makes a lot of sense. Good offensive coaching staff there. Jim Caldwell, Josh McCown, and obviously Frank the Third Reich. So Bryce Young, nice environment. Can start right away, although they have the red rifle. And added some pieces around him. Terrace Marshall, Adam Thielen, and DJ Shark. So... I like the position for Bryce Young. I like the position for any rookie quarterback. I think he starts sooner rather than later, maybe a mid-October week six. But I think Carolina takes Bryce Young. I think the Phantoms amiss his smoke goes Bryce Young. Yeah, I agree. I just want to call out I do. I am holding a plus 300 Bryce Young first overall pick ticket because every idiot in America after Josh Goober McCown is like, oh, buy your house in, in Carolina. Uh Stroud's market was minus three something to go to the Panthers. It's now the other way. Bryce Young, when I checked today, was minus three fifty to go to the Panthers. So I agree. I do think Bradley was long smoking in Jigbeus, uh, and he will take Bryce Young here in the number two spot. Uh, so that brings me back on the clock at three. And you know what? I'm gonna be spiteful. And I'm going to take in Jigbeus because I know that Bradley likes him. And listen, you could say I need a quarterback, you know, fill some voids here and there. But in a dynasty rookie draft, my strategy is you take the best player on the board. And that is JSN, in my opinion, right here. Uh, So that leaves me taking the number one 
running back and the number one wide receiver. I think that JSN is going to go to the Texans. Uh, I think they have the 12th pick, and I can see them doing it there. Uh, but I think the only other consideration I could have here is is Stroud. Uh, but I'd rather take the the consensus number one receiver in the class. Yeah, it would be a spiteful pick. I don't think it would be the logical pick, considering that you have a very young, talented receiver room. Kirk, Amon Ra, Drake London. So this might be a luxury pick. Why not pick. juice it up? Yeah, you can no, never can. have too many. We start three. I know, and CD Lamb is on a sixty-plus dollar contract, so it could be his future replacement. I also have you getting JSN just because I think that's best player available. Um, it'd be interesting though to see where he falls because that can maybe dictate if you take the quarterback as opposed to JSN in this exercise. I also have him going to the Texans. We'll tease it with maybe his former teammate is also going to be a future teammate on the Texans. But I think Najigsby slides in as essentially the wide receiver one halfway through the year on that team because all he has to do is beat out Robert Woods, which is no small task. But, yeah, I think you get JSN as well. All right, so Motley Jew is on the clock at four here, and I think this is where things start to get a little bit more ambiguous. Uh, We were talking before the show started, and we're, we're not quite sure what one of the many holes that they need to address in their roster. <laughs> it's uh, holy. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? I'm looking at the show notes. We have different opinions here. Yeah, so I'm looking at Motley Jew, and uh, Motley Jew co-owner Daniel Clay Schwartz posted in the group chat yesterday, 4-12-23, that Ryan Tannehill is on the clock. Well, Ryan Tannehill is ass. Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers are his other two quarterbacks. They're both relatively expensive. You don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to play. So you look at that and you say... Is he going to play again? "Mm, Let's say he plays one more year. You also say, well, I have Brock Purdy on a dollar contract. Very nice. Is Brock Purdy going to be healthy by September? That's Trey Lance's offense. I think if you look at Motley Jew, he might want to beef up one of two positions. One being the running back... Sorry, one being the quarterback room and the other being the wide receiver room, which is absolutely ass. I think he has enough young pieces at running back to justify holding off getting one at four. Deontay Foreman um, and Isaiah Pacheco. That running back room is ass, but I don't think he's going to waste the pick at four here. I think he's going to wait until the end of the first round to then take his running back. I think Motley Jew, with C.J. Stroud falling to him, takes C.J. Stroud, luxury pick. He would slot in, essentially, Dak Prescott and either C.J. Stroud or Brock Purdy this time next year. I think that's a little bit more formidable, most important position, getting that guy. And in my exercise, I have C.J. Stroud going to the Texans where he could start, essentially, right away. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the breakdown. I think that they're going to value Jamirius Gibbs as the next best player available. Um, and I think that they do need to work on that running back room. And, you know, you, you get a guy who gets Kamara comps. He's, he's great catching the ball. He could be a weapon for the next, you know, three to five years. And I think that's enticing in the four hole to get a guy like that. So I think they go with Jamirius, and I, I think the Eagles are going to take him. They have some mm. holes to fill uh, at the running back position, and, and this guy kind of fits the mold, in my opinion. They can go with a fast kind of upbeat running back type of offense there. So a um, little bit of differing, but I think both picks, you can't fault either pick there at four. 
Yeah, I think that uh, team that Motley Jew has assembled, just it, it hurts my eyes looking at that roster. Um, the wide receiver room uh, needs some help, but I think he's banking on, or they're banking on, Calvin Ridley taking a big step up, as well as Kadarius Toney. So you could even make the argument if Najibias falls, that would be a Motley pick. He's been all over him, but we'll see. I don't think Njigbias is making it to four. Neither do I. But he would be an auto selection if he was. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, moving on to five and six. We can package these together because they're both held by the Phantoms. Um, again, we have four different players being taken here. Or no, that's not true. We have we have three different players being taken here. But uh, I believe that with the following or with the previous players being taken, the Phantoms is going to triple down on quarterback and he's going to take Stroud and Anthony Richardson finishing the top six with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Some people may say this is crazy, but if you're if you're talking about statistics and hit rates on quarterbacks, one of these guys is going to bust. And I think if you take the top three quarterbacks in a class, you're probably getting one stud, one guy who's serviceable, and one bust. Maybe it doesn't always work that way. But in Brad's eyes, I think it, he feels that he's good in other positions. And if he bolsters that quarterback room, he's kind of set in that position for 10 years probably. So, so you think Brad's taking three quarterbacks the first I, I do. Six I do. Yeah, that's ludicrous. Uh, I think he's taking two. Uh, because of two things. One, JSN is gone in uh, this exercise, so he really has his hand uh, it's taken away from him. Essentially, you can't take JSN. Um, and then two here, to your point, if Bryce Young doesn't pan out, maybe you get another guy, and maybe that guy uh, could be used as a trade piece. So I, I like the Phantoms taking two quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks would be ridiculous. In my situation, I have Gibbs falling, the Phantom snags him, and then Anthony Richardson because Motley took C.J. Stroud the pick before. I think Anthony Richardson is a stash. He could be a trade piece as well. The Phantom loves to trade. He could get those 2025 draft picks and give away Richardson. I think Jameer Gibbs is a guy that the Phantoms likes in that running back room. little shaky because he got Cam Akers hurt. Javante Williams is hurt. Rashad White essentially is your number one. Don't love that, so you might want to bolster that room. Where do you think Anthony Richardson is going? I think the Colts. I think the Colts make a lot of sense if you look at what um, the new head coach there, uh, Shane Stricken, did in Philly with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, they're different prospects, but he had a lot of success with Jalen Hurts in terms of his mobility and, and getting him into easier reads. Anthony Richardson is certainly a project, and I think taking a year to really develop Anthony Richardson when he's just had success with Jalen Hurts, type of that prospect as a unicorn, if you will, uh, makes a lot of sense. So I think Richardson at four overall because so if he doesn't go four overall, someone's going to trade up and take him. So I actually I, I'm starting to get the sense that he's going to fall a little bit, and I, I have him going to the Titans at twelve. Uh, what is that? Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's he's a better version of Malik, um, and you have the ability to use Tannehill. As a, as a little bit of a bridge. And, you know, I, I think in that case, 
if he goes at 11 to the Titans, I don't believe Bradley will take him here. I think he's going to be Brad's a little bit of a, a draft capital god. And I think if he falls outside of the top five, Brad's going to say, eh, the GMs don't want him. I don't want him. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. But I do think it makes sense for, for a team like the Titans to go after him. They probably have a better sense of what the GMs in the league think. So I could also see them trying to trade up mm-hmm. to do it. But uh, we'll talk about this guy later. But I think the Colts like somebody else. Um, our JOS is on the board. And we have them taking the same positional player, but different guys. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the second-best receiver, in my opinion, in this draft. That's Quentin Johnson, more of your typical X. Really good yards after the catch, really good catch radius at a TCU. He's a big boy now, and I think he goes to the Ravens. The Ravens have been trying to beef up their receiving room. They just got Odell Beckham on the one-year deal to help get Lamar Jackson to you know, end the, the negotiations and just come back and play on the franchise tag. I think getting another young stud rookie wide receiver to play along Odell, Mark Andrews, and Rashad Bateman uh, would be a very nice situation for Lamar Jackson. I think JOS takes him here. JOS rather have that big X receiver like a Pittman as opposed to kind of that smaller, uh, shiftier receiver, maybe a Jordan Addison, a Josh Downs, or a Jalen Hyatt. So I think JOS here understands that Mike Thomas might not be healthy again or might get hurt after two games. You can never have too many good young receivers. And that running back room that we all thought was a weakness of JOS might actually be a strength. So I think it goes receiver here over running back. I agree with the logic. Uh, I do think, maybe a surprise to some, but I think uh, Zay Flowers is the pick here. I I believe he is the second best receiver in this class. Um, and there are guys like Steve Smith saying the same thing. Uh, he actually, I think Steve Smith said he's the best in the class. Uh, and I, I think it would sound like not the best landing spot, but I could see him going to the Patriots and really just being an absolute target hog there, uh, especially with um, what the fuck is his Jacoby leaving the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zay Flowers does play a lot of snaps in the slot. And I think for a guy like Mac Jones, he's pretty accurate at, at short distances. Uh, he can he can make some plays happen, similar to like a Waddle type of guy. So I think it's an interesting pick. It probably will depend on the landing spot, but I could see JOS valuing a player like that. Huh. Um, next, we have Mr. Co-host H, uh, the He Him Hers Club on the clock here. Uh, what do you What are you thinking? Let's get in. Your, actually, no, I'll I'll give my pick, and then you can tell me what you're thinking here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I got Ginwa taking Quentin Johnson. You've talked about liking this guy you talk about other receivers but i think you've been long smoking some receivers um and i think this guy makes sense and i think he goes to your favorite team in the giants uh they could use a nice wide receiver and uh i think he gets on the field right away so you could use a receiver as well on your roster and i think this pick makes sense yeah so two things one uh we didn't talk about it last pick i really think that there's a break in tears um first pick through six pick is like that tier one and then there's a break seven through 12 in my opinion sure. yeah. so I think this is where it gets really interesting uh, seven through 12 could be five different six different names in terms of that order also two probably more important is you have those guys bunched up and I think it really comes down to landing spot so to your point if Quentin Johnson were to go to the Patriots and he's available to me most likely a pass I like him on other teams i.e. Giants Seahawks Bills, etc. 
Vikings. So Quinton Johnson on the Giants has some appeal. I'm going in different position, and it's based on landing spot. I'm going Zach Charbonnet. Carbonet. Charbonnet. Going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, this is dependent on landing spot. Samaje gone. Joe Mixon, question mark. I think Zach Charbonnet, if he goes to the Bengals, has a chance to be a 1B, and then he's a Mixon injury slash assault charge away from being a 1A in a very good offense. Now, if he goes to a team such as the, I don't know, give me a shitty team in the, uh, if he goes to the uh, Bucks, sure. Don't like it as much. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, what was I going to say? So, do you project? Do you think that's not a first round round pick for the Bengals? Is it? No, uh, I think it would be a second round pick. Okay. But I think if he, again, the reason why he's going to a better team in the second round is because that first round pick is going to be used on who you know, D back or D N or something like that. Those running backs that aren't Bijan, they're going to go to a better team in the second uh, and third round on day two. And I think he has a real chance to go to the Bengals if the Bengals will pull the trigger on him. Uh, if the Bengals draft another running back who isn't Zach Charbonnet, watch out. I would probably take that guy too. Not in the first round, but I would just say uh, probably a guy you want to target in your drafts. Okay, moving on. We have the same guy here for Motley Jew in the nine hole. They did not address this position in either of our mocks in the four spot. So at nine, we have them taking Jordan Addison, wide receiver. Uh, we have different landing spots, so we could break that down. I, I think the Seahawks are pegged for a receiver, and I think a guy like this makes sense. Um, so you, your, your landing spot is interesting as well, but I think landing spot for both of these teams that we've picked and for Motley makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have Motley going Jordan Addison as well. I think Jordan Addison... He's going to get drafted by the Bills. Uh, if you look at the Bills receiving core outside of Stephon Him, it's really not too good. I know Gabe Davis, people were hyping. Don't really trust him. Uh, more of a take the top off, but really can't do much else. I think Jordan Addison makes a lot of sense as that slot guy. Uh, pretty, pretty much going to merge that number two. Short, shifty, gets open. Um, Again, not your typical X, more of your slot Z. But for Motley, if you just look at his receiving room, he has Amari Cooper. Uh, Calvin Ridley, who hasn't played in two years, and Kadarius Tony would be, in my opinion, his starting one, two, three. Um, yeah, that that's ass. Yeah. Uh, so I think in order to get out of the ass category, he has to draft Jordan Ass Ascent. No, 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 no. I like Jordan Ascent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Motley goes Jordan Ascent. I think it makes too much sense. Or if he's available, maybe Zach Charbonnet. Uh, but obviously in this exercise, I took him at eight. All right, moving right along, uh, I am back on the clock. It's interesting, I'm just looking at the, at the board. We have, for the next three picks, all of the same players. Different landing spots in terms of the NFL, but the same guys. Um, I, I ended up going Bijan and then Jigbeus in this mock, uh, leaving me a little bit exposed at the quarterback position, but in this case, Will Levis lands on the dome uh, at the 10 spot. Obviously a very polarizing prospect, but based on my landing spot here, he's getting the draft capital that leads me to believe that NFL GMs feel like they're willing to give him a couple years to develop. Uh, I think the Colts are going to take him at four. Um, I think they like a guy like that. If you look at the type of quarterbacks they've had historically, he kind of fits the mold. 
uh, pigmentation-wise. Um, just, you know, a, a guy that, that can kind of stand in and, and throw the ball. I would love to get him here at 10. Um, and just looking at the board, maybe it could land this way with certain teams not necessarily prioritizing quarterback outside of those top three guys. Yeah, I, I have you getting Will Levis, too. I think different teams here. I had Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. You had him going to the Titans. It just flip-flop for you and me here with Levis. I think he's going to the Titans. Will Levis is a guy who he's kind of been falling uh, pretty much since the college football season's ended. He hasn't really done a ton to raise his draft stock relative to the other three guys there. So I think the Titans in 11 probably don't need to dra- uh, trade up and draft uh, Will Levis and give up future draft capital, but if they feel the need to, maybe going from 11 to 5, 11 to 4, I think makes a lot of sense. So I think Will Levis is the pick for the Titans. I don't think he starts year one. But for you, Dome, if you say, let me go wide receiver, third overall pick, then you could wait and maybe take a Levis if he's there. So I like that strategy, especially if you like the prospect that Will Levis is because he does have a rocket arm. Yeah, I don't know if I like him. I'm, this is sort of one of those picks where I, I think the, the, real, the, the real mystery right now is how do NFL GMs evaluate Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis? And mm-hmm. I think there's, there maybe is not consensus amongst GMs in the league. So you get these teams who are QB needy picking in certain spots and – you know how GMs are. They, they let guys maybe go two, three years too long in the league because they drafted him early. So this would be a bet on draft capital plus getting the shot to play for a couple of years. So that's my, that's my sort of uh, thesis. Moving on, Evil Stevie is on the board. Uh, this was, as noted, this trade is, this pick has been moved around several times, three times to be exact. This was acquired in the Tua and 103 deal. Um, we have the same guy going. Gino, why don't you break it down? Because I think you have a pretty good bead. You, you felt like you had a good landing spot pegged for him. Yeah, uh, Peg Peg is right. Um, I, I think Josh. Peg me. Da- I think Josh Downs a guy who'll never be a one. Um, whereas JSN and Quentin Johnson, they kind of have the ability to be a one alpha in, in an offense. I think Josh Downs is a very high end two. And if you look at a team who just lost their two but has an alpha one, that's the Minnesota Vikings at receiving core. So you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they're picking in the back third of the draft, back half of the draft. I think this could almost be a luxury. You look at Kirk Cousins and you say he's a guy who needs a little bit more help than most, um, although he did put together a nice solid string of years here in Minnesota. So I think losing Thielen, getting Josh Downs certainly helps complement J. Jeff on the other side. Minnesota's offense is just going to be clicking like they were last year. You get a younger, cheaper receiver in Downs who could really play that slot, and he's shifty. So I like it for Evil Stevie, and Evil Stevie likes Downs too. So. He does. He does. Uh, I think in a similar sort of landing spot criteria here, I, I think with the scare of losing Lamar, uh, the Ravens are, pro- in my opinion, they would be wise to draft another wide receiver um, and continue to bolster that room, give him some weapons, make Lamar feel like he is being given what he needs to succeed. So they just signed OBJ. I think a Josh Downs could be a good two or you know three, depending on how you grade Rashad Bateman. Um, but... I do, I do think Keith has mentioned this name a few times. Um, and I do think also our 12th pick also likes him, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But uh, 
DMP in the 12 hole, rounding out the first round. Again, we have the same guy. And I think we both have him going late in the first to contenders, to Super Bowl contender type teams. Uh, we are talking about Jalen Hyatt. I have him going to the Bills. You have him going to the Chiefs. Yeah, this could be a similar story last year with Sky Moore, I think. Uh, Different in terms of the ability. I think Hyatt's a better player than Sky Moore, but in terms of the buzz of where he goes at the back end of the first round, you could see a lot of people starting to be higher on Jalen Hyatt. So I have him going to the Chiefs. Um, If you look at what the Chiefs did, Juju Smith's gone. Um, You know, a lot lot of the receiver pieces last year have gone away. Obviously, two years ago, they lost Tyreek. So they still need another piece or two. Hyatt could take the top off the defense very, very fast. Um, really kind of fits just throw the ball up, all run under it, and catch it. So I think Jalen Hyatt makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. It also makes a lot of sense for DMP, who has some older, expensive receivers who might not be able to keep for the next two, three years. Yeah, I agree. That's probably got to be his logic. Um, one question before we go. Yes, Motley Jew is ass. Well, we mentioned that already. But who is a player that did not make this mock in the first round that you could see going in the first round of our mock draft? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it really is two people. Okay. Um, I think Michael Mayer, tight end, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think for someone like you, uh, for someone maybe even like Stevie, who it, it could almost be a back end of the first round, depending on the landing spot, could fall in love with a prospect like that. Um, you know, we haven't seen tight ends come into the league right away and dominate, but I think within two, three years, Michael Mayer is going to establish himself as a top tight end um, in the league because from a fantasy option, outside of an aging Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, it's a pretty big drop-off. So I can definitely see him there. Um, the other guy who... He's been getting a lot of hype, not a lot of hype. He's fast. Um, is Devin a chain? Mm. Tiny, if, tiny man. Though. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Brad, you could uh, correct me. A-chain. Uh, A-chain, whatever it is. Um, Texas A&M, track star, speedster. Uh, I think he has a potential to sneak to the back end of the first round, too. Uh, I really think the top seven or eight is solidified. Um, there could be some draft day trades, and I think a running back towards the end of the first round always makes sense, uh, whether that's to you, Dome, at 10, Evil Stevie at 11, or DMP at 12. But uh, like I said, I really think that top eight, top nine even, is pretty much penciled in, and those last three picks um, could go in a number of different directions. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a tight end go in the first round of the corn draft. I, I think, like... You're right that these players could be good, but when you look at the when you look at the tight end market and you look at historically what they've been able to provide to a to a corn team, it, it's hard to justify the, the. They're immediately one of the most expensive tight ends in the league, it, just just by making them a first round pick. So it'll be interesting to see like if we ever get a guy going in the in the first round of of our draft as a tight end but these guys are guys that if you can scoop them up in the second round uh can probably stay on your roster for quite some time and and provide value within the next five years so uh that's gonna be all for today uh we are about two weeks or exactly two weeks out on the date of the nfl draft uh, we'll probably be back. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a show like a live draft show. That could Ooh. be fun. That could be fun. Um, you know, talk along the side of the picks. But uh, 
That may be our last mock. Maybe we'll do one next week. We haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it stands, we don't have any more news about where players are landing. Maybe by next week we know where some of these quarterbacks are going. But mm-hmm. uh, Gino, sign us off. I will just say um, I dropped Tyler Boyd a minute ago. He is now no oh, longer. Oh, I knew he was gone. On the He's Him Club. I looked at it and I said, you know what, just get him off. Just get him off before That was a drive. live show cutting? That was a live show cutting. Love we it. could see uh, the transaction at 6.03 p.m. It is 6.03 p.m. And it is the He's Him Club making a, unfortunately, pragmatic decision to cut Tyler Boyd. Bye. Uh, All he, right. Well, he, he did have a very nice week three against the Dome last year. Smoked the Dome by 80 points. But Tyler Boyd, unfortunately... Hopefully I'll get you in the vet draft for cheaper. Well, enjoy the heat. Enjoy the summer in April. God bless, and go get that corn. Go Isles.